Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Welcome back to the Legend series, Stacey Jones, Part 2. In Part 1, we spoke about the family history, his debuts for the Warriors and the Kiwis, and the early years at a struggling club. The conversation continues. From 95, when you were the young kid learning and following, was only five years later, it was 2000 and you had become a leader at the club. Is that an easy transition, Stacey, for you? Uh, I guess I was, I was never a, a, a natural leader. Okay. Um, uh, I guess my leadership was was more on the field, what I did for the players as far as, you know, the position you play, you've got to be a leadership, you know, if you're a half, you've got to be in that, that leadership group. So, um, but away from the field, um, I felt I, I grew a little bit, and you know when you see when you have young players come through at the time, you feel like you've got to you know um, own it a bit more. And you know I, when you look back from you know you look back at that two, early two thousand era team, mm. you know it was off the back of a good balance, you know of some really good young kids coming through: Ali, Clinton, um, Francis Malley, uh, Monty. Atlanta High. So we, we, you know, we had a lot of young kids coming through at that time with a lot of talent. Six years of battles in 2001, you guys made the final series for the first time. Was it a relief? Was it a reward? Did it feel like the tough times all of a sudden were worth it? Yeah, it certainly was a, uh, was a relief. Um, when I look back at it, I mean, we, we played Melbourne and Melbourne in the second to last game of the season. We, we drew the game and mm. We walked off the field like we'd lost. We walked in the changing room, and and Daniel and um, Kempi were were in the room, jumping up and down, cheering. We were like, well, "We drew the game. Yeah. We should have won that game." They said, "Well, we've just made the playoffs." So, you know, and, and that that time, okay, all right, it felt more maybe a relief that the first time the yep. Warriors had made a playoff, and probably not the right attitude we should have had at the time. It was like, okay, made the playoffs. What's the next job? And yeah. Next job, we went to Parramatta. We played a, a cracking hot um, team in 2001 at Parramatta and got 50 put on us. So, yeah. <laughs> you were also named co-captain with Kevin Campion. Was that a special honour? What did it mean for you to captain the Warriors? Yeah, it was special um, for me captaining the Warriors. Obviously, uh, playing there as a you know a 19-year-old going through all the all those other years beforehand and then given the opportunity to captain alongside Campo. Um, and we worked really well together. Oh, I love captaining the team with Campo. He, you know, we were both never big, big talkers. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we sort of were more what we did with actions, more so Campo. Um, but it was a good balance. Yep. Um, that group, um, Campo coming in and coming in and what he'd achieved in the game, winning premierships with, with Brisbane and going to grand finals with um, St. George and that. So, you know, we knew that we had a, a leader there that had, had been there and done that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it was a really good balance and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. For me, one of the most underrated players over the last couple of generations, Kevin Campion, I don't think he gets the credit for 
his impact on the field because, very simply, there was no one tougher. And I thought he was a footballer as well. It wasn't just muscle and whack. There was a bit of brilliance among, amongst it all. Yeah, no, Kemper had a lot of finesse. Um, I, I think he used to think he could play in the halves, and he probably could have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know you, you say Kempo doesn't get the accolades that he deserves, but he certainly, um, in New Zealand at the Warriors, he's held in, in high esteem. The following season, it just clicked. What was the difference? Uh, I, I think those um, players that I'd spoken about, um, you know, Henry, Clinton, Ali, you know, Lance O'Hai had come on the scene then, you know, so we had a good balance and Ivan Cleary to it, fullback was probably our, you know, probably the bloke that just kept everything calm yeah. for us. You know, you see what Ivan does now with his coaching. Well, you know, he did that playing for, for us. So um, we had a, you know, we had a good balance of players. We had a tough forward pack, you know, with Jerry, Tooks, Arwen, obviously Campo, Logan, Y, Villa, um, and, you know, it was probably a period where I was um, able to play my best football and yeah. I, I had a really good dummy half, you know. I had yeah. a PJ Marsh who was, oh, look, he was outstanding. Yeah. The deliverance that he would give you, um, his craftiness around the ruck, you know. So I think at that time we just had a good balanced team. That was the year the Bulldogs were stripped of their competition points for significant salary cap breaches and significant as in very bold text there. You finished minor premiers and you were grand finalists. Unfortunately, you ran into the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. What a side that was. Yeah. um, They were just cracking red hot. Um, Defensively, they were were a step ahead of everyone else. um, you know, they, they just took time away from you. I remember yeah. playing against them. I think they beat us by 40, um, second to last round of the, the season. And then, um, yeah, they would, they just took away your time. They were aggressive line speed. Yep. Um, and then obviously they're attacking with, with Freddie leading the way. Um, it was very tough. So, mm. The Roosters side in their defence that season, did it change the game and how the game was played? I think so. Um, the way that you defend that, and I felt that they, you know, you can't get up every week to yep. defend like that. At some stage, it'll it'll sap you. But you know, they did it for what three or four years. Yeah. Um, the way they did it, you know, lead, uh, you know, I think two thousand and three, two thousand and four, they make those grand finals. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, um, yeah, they did it for a long period of time. And, you know, it was very tough to play against. It was one of the most brutal grand finals I can recall, 6-2 at half time, And then just after the break, you scored a try. That try. Marsh combining with Jones after CUCU gave them an opportunity. Here's Jones in his space. Jones is inside the 10. Jones scores. New Zealand are level. New Zealand are level. Just have a look at Jones. Dummies to Lauatuti, steps left, steps left again, through the gap, comes to the fullback Phillips, he's a good defender, didn't go close to getting him, avoided the ankle tap from Brad Fittler, he's beaten five or six, punches the air, and he's ch- a chance for his team to go in front with the conversion. Oh, this is unbelievable, this is one of the best grand final tries you'll ever see, 
He's beaten five, six, seven players. No one laid a hand on him in the end. What can you recall from that moment? Uh, yeah, look, I remember, you know, going in at half time. I felt, you know, we, we were right in the game. Um, we were unlucky not to score right on half time. Um, I think it was Justin Murphy was chasing a kick and the ball bounced one way. But had bounced the other, he would have scored. And then coming in at half time, we, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, and uh, fortunately for us, we got off to a good start. Jerry um, took the ball into the line and offloaded and gave me a bit of space. And it's one of those things that you just go, wow, you know, you see the trial and just go for it. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a special moment, but obviously I'd give that back any day um, to have the, the win. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. You scored a total of 106 tries for the Warriors, the Catalans, Dragons and the Kiwis. Is that the best try you scored or at least your favourite? Oh, look, I haven't thought of what your favourite try or favourite uh, moment is, Andy. Um, you know, but, then, you know, that certainly is right up there and yeah. it's probably you know, what gets talked about the most if people talk footy to me. Do you still smile when you think back on it? Uh, oh, no, <laughs> but only because I know the result. <laughs> if the result was different, then yeah. But uh, yeah, oh, you know, look, it was a moment, but you know, it wasn't you know the moment that I wanted. I thought you were constantly brilliant. You would say you were consistent because you like to play things down. I'll, I'll do the talking up for you. What's your key to minimising the difference between your best and your worst performance and maintaining a level of consistency you can be proud of? Uh, You know, I really feel that um, to be consistent as a half, you've got to be, you know, be able to defend. You know, I felt that defensively my game probably wasn't where where it should have been. Okay. Um, And... Um, I think now there's there's a lot more focus on on the, the defensive part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more like back probably when I was playing, and even before then, it was okay. Let's try and hide um, your, your playmakers, your halves, your smaller men, and maybe you know um, trying to do that too much probably took away from that. Now you know the way that. Um, halfbacks defend now, or halves defend. No, you got to be as good as anyone. You got to be as you know. If you're a poor defender, then there's no place in the game. Game for you. You're gonna, you know. Sometimes you're gonna have you know a big four running at you, but you've got to put your body on the line. And I feel, feel that when I played good footy, I, I defended, okay. defended well. After 238 games for the Warriors, you decided to move on. You headed north to France. At just twenty nine years of age, looking back, was it the right move? Uh, probably not. 
Um, was it the right move to go to France? Yeah, but at that time, maybe not. And I remember talking to Ivan about it. Ivan was our assistant coach at the time. And um, I told Ivan, I went over and said, oh, look, I'm um, um, going to France. I've just signed for two years. And Ivan said, oh, bugger. Um, you know, I just felt I needed a change um, at the time. And Tony Kemp was our coach at the time. And I really liked Kempy. Um, um, but Ivan um, was taken over the coaching role the following year. Yeah. Um, and he said, oh, I want you to stay. And I said, well, it's too late, I signed. And if I'd known Ivan was going to be um, the coach, um, probably would have maybe changed my mind just from another a fresh approach, really. And I knew what Ivan was about. Um, but, you know, that move to go to France probably was always going to happen. So I, I can't look back and say, oh, was that the right or wrong thing to do? I, you know, I'll always say it was the right thing to do for me and my family at the time. However, you know, if I look back, it may have been a little bit different, but who knows. How hard was it leaving the Warriors, the players, the fans, the friends and the family? Because it's a huge move. It's a life-changing move. Um. Yes and no, but I always knew I was going to come home. Yeah. Um, not play, but I always knew I was going. To, Auckland was always going to be my home, so I knew I was always going to come back and see everyone. I just felt at the time it was time for me to um, have a change mm-hmm. um, at that time for my career and go and enjoy my footy. Um, you know, at the time, I, I, I wasn't really enjoying it as much as I, I should have been. You know, because like you said at the start of this of our chat was, you know, did you play it for fun? Yeah. And I, I did, you know, and I wasn't enjoying it at that time. Your last match for the club was the final round of the 05 season, a win against Manly, and fittingly, you scored the match-winning try with a few minutes remaining. At full time, however, was it a feeling of emptiness, one of achievement? Were you looking forward to the challenge? What do you recall of that feeling at full time, thinking – Shit, this is over. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I vividly remember um, at Brookvale that night. Um, I, I'm not not too sure, Andy. You know, what what you know? I, I remember Des Hasler coming into the room and, and shake my hand and saying, "Well done." You know, I thought that was really needed, Des, coming Isn't and it? do that. Um, uh, but yeah, it was probably more of a. Everyone knew what was going on um, at the time that I was you know, leaving the club, everyone at the Warriors. So, um, yeah, it was just it was just a moment and just that was it. Your time in France, was it an easy transition for you and the family or did it come with difficulties? Um, it wasn't easy but it wasn't hard because yeah. I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew, hey, we're going to a country that, you know, um, English is not um, spoken a lot and they do things differently and, you know, so I was given the heads up. I'd spoken to a few people that I knew over there who were a part of the, the club leading up to it. So um, uh, my family were at the right age to do it. Yeah. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I knew that um, to enjoy it and, um, was, hey, you've got to get out of your comfort zone here and you know just throw yourself into it, and that's what we did. In the UK Super League, the goal for everyone is the Challenge Cup final. You got there in 07. Where does that sit in your list of achievements? Yeah, I, I think that's up there, really, Andy, because the, the Challenge Cup is huge in, in the UK and 
you know, to do it in our second year um, yeah. with the Catalans um, was a massive achievement. You know, it just brought the game um, in um, the south of France to another level. Um, the, the, the amount of support the club had around that time was unbelievable. So, yeah, clear memories of going to Wembley, you know, it was a Saturday afternoon, yeah. um, kick off. The sun was hot in London, so it was really good. But unfortunately, yep. um, we got beaten again. Was that the year the Cup actually returned to Wembley as in the new Wembley, the launch of the new stadium? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, you know, it was a special occasion for, for everyone. Um, it was a sellout crowd. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was. Is it awesome? Wembley? It was. Standing in the middle? It was. It was fantastic. You know, like I said, it was a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I think kickoff was 2 o'clock. You know, it was, it was really hot. Um, and, you know, people go to Wembley for the occasion. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a lot of support there for us, a lot of support from other English clubs, which was really neat. You'd signed for three years. You returned home after two. Was it homesick? Had the body given up or was the mind just burned out? Was it time for a rest? Yeah, it was It was time to come home. Yep. Um, you know, we'd done two years and I think it was, it was around that Challenge Cup time um, I said to uh, Mick Potter at the time, I think I'm, you know, um, I'll be heading home after this. Um, body wasn't really – I'd had two injuries while I was here. I broke my arm, then yep. had a, a, a minor knee operation. So um, I just felt the body wasn't sort of coping uh, at the time. And, and family as well were, were feeling, okay, we've done our two years. Um, they were ready to go home too. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed the two years that I had there, but I knew it was, was time. You rejoined the Warriors as a specialist staff member for 12 months and then out of nowhere you announced you were back for 12 months starting the following year. Good or bad move? Oh, I look back at I thought it was a good move for yeah. me. Um, again, Ivan was, was the catalyst behind it all. Yep. Um, you know, he asked me when I was while I was back, was I fit, kick myself, you know, and he said, mate, why don't you have a crack? It's, a, you know, Cummins be as a bit of a backup for us at that time. And I thought, well, you know, I'm still young enough to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't commit. It took me a, a, a long time to make the decision. Um, you know, I trained for, you know, a good two months with Craig Walker, who was a yeah. uh, strength and conditioning coach at the time. And, and there was no commitment to actually to play then. Um, I just had to see where I was, where I was at, and um, you know, Ivan gave me the opportunity to hey have another crack, and there's no pressure on you. Um, you know, there was, you know, there was there was no money involved. There was money. I had to get paid, but it wasn't like I was getting big money. It wasn't anything to do with that. It was just hey, here's an opportunity to help the the club out one last time, and I. I didn't imagine that I'd be playing that many games um, at that time, but it was a difficult. It was a tough year. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I felt that um, body-wise, I, you know, I contributed and played as best I, as I could have. But um, there was a few things that happened that year that, that um, made it a very difficult year um, um, for the, the the club at the time, in particular. I think the. Um, the Sunny Fire thing really had a huge, huge impact um, yeah. on the club at that time. I remember it was one of the well, to me, it's the the biggest thing, most devastating thing that's ever happened to this club. Coming back after Christmas and 
and you know that that uh, memory and that that moment you know was devastating if you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. You just mentioned uh, that you were going to be back up for the young kids. I remember that quote from Ivan Cleary in announcing that you were coming back. But you still had it, every bit of it. You showed up the kids, you played 23 games. It's a nice way to finish. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess the amount of games I played um, um, was was you know, really good. I, you know, like I said, I only expected to play a handful. Mm. And... Um, um, it, it turned out otherwise. So, um, oh, look, I, I, like I said, I, I have no regrets about um, uh, doing that. Ivan actually spoke to me. Um, <laughs> he said, do you want to go again? And I said, look, I don't think so. I think that, that'll do me. You know, you've got a lot of young, good kids coming through now. So um, I think that's they might have signed Jimmy the following year, Jimmy Maloney, which was, a, a you know, a, a great signing for the club, you know, for a young kid coming in and getting his opportunity. So, yeah. Do you still enjoy watching, seeing and helping the young kids develop as footballers and develop as young men? Oh, without a doubt. You know, I, you know if I look back at um, my first year of coaching, um, when I coached down to 20s um, in 2014 and seeing a lot of that, that group go on and play, you know, NRL and there's still, you know, a few of those guys playing at the club right now and, it's a massive thrill to see, um, you know, young kids, you know, being able to, you know, um, make their dream come true and play play footy at the highest level. Voted one of the greatest players never to win a premiership. Does that still hurt or does time heal? Only when people bring it up. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah. Uh you know, you look you look back and you look there's this you know, you look at players that have won multiple premierships and, and just you know, it just goes to show you you know that you know, that can be done and that. Um however then you look at players, there's a lot of players that um probably didn't even get to play in grand finals that, you know, um probably deserve um to win, you know, three or four premierships. So I you know, you I just look back and, you know, grateful for you know what I had and you know um, what I was able to do and, and enjoy the game you're a very humble young fellow so I'm going to read through the more significant personal accolades you've been awarded uh, you've probably got time to make and then eat lunch <laughs> while I do this at the end of the list I'm going to ask you to nominate what's most special to Stacey Jones the person you're a New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame member Rugby League Golden Boot winner in 2002, um, the 2006 Honours List, an officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit, New Zealand Warriors Life member and the first, a runner-up in the Holberg Awards for New Zealand Sportsman of the Year, the New Zealand Rugby League Player of the Year three times, an Auckland Rugby League Immortal and an NRL Hall of Fame inductee in 2019. Does one stand out above the other? 
Uh, I think for me being um, uh, inducted into the Rugby League Hall of Fame, yeah, uh, you know, for me that was very, very special. And you know, I, you know, you think about so many other players that um, deserve to be there, um, that should be in there. And for me, that that's, you know, it was a, it's a huge honour because it, you know the game of rugby league is what gave me. Um, you know, all those other things and to be inducted into the Hall of Fame is probably the top of that list. It's not an official award, but in 2005, former Prime Minister Helen Clark said, and I'll quote her, Stacey Jones is the epitome of a New Zealand champion. She'd go on to explain her comments, referenced you as a footballer as well as a person. How did that make you feel? A country's Prime Minister tossing up compliments like that? Oh, yeah, obviously, you know, hey, that, that's wow. you know, very kind words from her. Probably because I, I was on her march one time. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, no, look, um, yeah, at the time, um, vivid memories of it, but, you know, when it comes from your Prime Minister, it's obviously very humbling. Do you recall the first time you heard the nickname The Little General? I don't actually. No. no, no. I mean, we don't. I mean, around the group, um, around my footy players that I play with, none of them call me that. So, yeah. What nickname do they call you? Uh, just Jonesy, really. It's okay. the main one. Yeah. Little General's not a bad nickname. You've been called worse over the years. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> plenty. I, yeah. <laughs> not going to say anything. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah. At a yeah. time when the game in New Zealand desperately needed someone to stand up, you did time and again. It's my belief there were times that you actually kept rugby league relevant in rugby union crazy New Zealand. Are you proud of that? Uh, well, I don't believe it. So. <laughs> Your contribution to the sport. Are you proud oh, yeah. of that? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Um you know, and there's there's many um, everyone that plays the game, you know, contributes in, in some way or another. You know, so um, I'm proud of what the game has given me. I'm humble for what the game's given me, and you know, that's the most important thing. That you know, you're a part of of playing the game at the highest level, um, and I'm proud of that. And but I'm also extremely grateful for um, what the game. Um, has given me over, you know, pretty much all my life. We've been mates since 95, and despite what's going on around you or how tough the situation may be, you've always got a smile, a warm handshake, and a very welcoming nature. For me, the man you are off the field even exceeds the one you were on it. It's been a pleasure, Stacey Jones. You, sir, are a legend. A new episode of the Legend series drops every Tuesday and the Weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at The Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon. Legends. <laughs>